Hello, this is Mark Brown um, for Beyond the Room at the um, 2018 Conference on Transdiagnostic Approaches to Mental Health Challenges and I have with me Dr Jill Newby from the University of New South Wales in Sydney, Australia. Um, so Jill's just given a fantastic sort of hour-long presentation about computerised CBT, computerised um, cognitive behavioural therapy. Um, just for the people at home um, who obviously weren't in the room here, can you give us a rundown about what you were doing and what you found out? Sure. So my research looks at trying to explore whether we can use a transdiagnostic approach to treating anxiety and depression over the internet. So what we've done is developed a transdiagnostic program that's six lessons long that teaches the key CBT skills like thought challenging and exposure and relapse prevention to people. And then they log on remotely from home in their own time any time of day or night and then work through a lesson or module each week um, to try and learn those CBT skills to help manage their symptoms. So what was really interesting, um, you're talking about this in the context of Australia. Australia's got slightly different challenges to the UK in regards to providing treatment and support. Could you kind of tell people at home a bit more about that? Sure. So in Australia, although most people live in cities, we have a significant proportion of our population that lives in rural and remote areas. So some of our participants live hours away from the nearest general practitioner. There's no psychologist in their community, no psychiatrist, and very little mental health care available and so what we've done is developed an alternative approach to access evidence-based care and that involves the internet. There's other approaches like telehealth as well but it's to try and help people in rural and remote areas to access care. So it's a kind of density problem isn't it that if you don't have enough people in a particular area then you can't really provide services is that right? Yeah that's right but also for some psychologists and psychiatrists, they want to live in the cities. And so unless um, they're really interested in living in rural and remote areas, then they don't tend to go move there. So then, therefore, we get a gap in services. Again, really, really interesting. So one of the things that I picked up listening to your talk is you were talking about um, the things that CBT was acting upon were kind of transdiagnostic but the measures you were using of whether someone improved or not um, were effectively diagnostic. Um, can you explain to me a bit more about, well, whether there's a tension there between the idea of being able to do things that approach underlying processes, but you're still using um, very um, condition-led ways of measuring whether they work? Yeah, so I mainly presented on our disorder-specific measures, so depression and anxiety. We do actually assess other processes and so maintaining processes like repetitive thinking, um, emotion regulation, experiential avoidance, and we also measured generalised distress. But the tension, I think, is we want to benchmark our findings against other um, treatment studies. So we want to look at how effective our programs are compared to the general literature. And that involves needing to use those disorder-specific measures. But also when we are choosing assessments, it's really hard to choose because there's so many different measures that measure across symptoms and problems um, that it does create a tension for choosing those assessment measures. And with online programs specifically, people tend to, they can drop out. And so we don't want to have too high an assessment burden without seeing someone face to face and make them drop out because we've chosen too many transdiagnostic measures. 
Yeah, that's really interesting because um, people often talk about all the the clinical nature of mental health assessment and you're asking about symptoms, you're not asking about people. You'd think in theory that people would be much more keen on transdiagnostic things, so they kind of ex they kind of often explain kind of feelings or sensations. Have people been more keen on transdiagnostic things? Do you mean in terms of the assessment or the treatment yeah. approach? Um, assessment or treatment. So in terms of the assessment, I think it's the number of questionnaires and the items of those questionnaires that's the major barrier. So in terms of well-being measures, they'd probably prefer to um, complete those well-being measures because they're really indexes of how well they're feeling, how happy they are, whether they're, um, they've got positive, meaningful engagement in life. Um, in terms of the treatment, so the treatment is around whether they've engaged. I was just thinking just more in terms of the overall meaning based stuff because mm -hmm. what struck me when you're talking about um, one of your one of your studies was about computerized CBT, computerized CBT plus mindfulness, mindfulness on its own and the control group. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness in theories is about meaning, but I was kind of wondering whether that kind of translated into how people kind of took part. I think that was one of the things that attracted the people to that trial. So we find in our studies of mindfulness, we recruit people very quickly. Um, so in that study that I presented, there were 160 people that we recruited in about a two-week period. Yeah. So it's very popular, I think, because people are looking for something more, um, looking at using those strategies to get more engaged in life and um, develop positive mental health and I think mindfulness in the community has been sold as, as a technique to do that. CBT, whether it's right or wrong, has been pitched more as taking away negative rather than developing the positive and strengths. It's interesting, I noticed there was a kind of a very big um, gender imbalance mm. in your study. Um, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, so in in the general community, we get a bit more of an even split for gender, but our mindfulness programs in particular are very popular with the females. So we got um, almost all of those participants were female signing up to that study. We're not sure why that is. We're still trying to understand what attracts those individuals to, to this therapy. Um, we need to find out. Um, so I'm going to ask you the really difficult question that I always kind of try and finish these interviews off with. Where do you see the future of this kind of work going? I think internet therapies are going to be a standard part of mental health care across the world. Lots of different mental health systems, including the NHS, are looking for more affordable mental health care, and internet therapies are one of those things that can do that. It's interesting because people very much don't like it when you argue about them being more affordable. <laughs> they kind of they, they kind of want something other than more affordable. Is is there kind of a way that you can see the the internet-based therapies? could be providing something different to face-to-face -face therapies. What do you mean by that? Like a different type of therapy or a different approach or a complementary approach? I think any or all of those okay. things. <laughs> well, it can do all of those things and maybe it's a pathway to get people into care. You know, if yeah. they've had a positive experience online, then they might be more willing to seek face-to-face -face care. I don't think it's ever going to replace face-to-face -face therapy, but I also think sustainable and affordable affordable mental health care is a real real big challenge for a number of different countries um, and this is one way to do that and if we can treat 
people with mild to moderate symptoms who might prefer to seek therapy online, then we should do that. So then we can spend the money and also the scarce face-to-face -face time that we have treating those people that want face-to-face -face therapy, but also might have more severe and complex problems that require a face-to-face -face treatment approach. So it's sort of freeing up the funds um, where we could deliver a treatment for people who could benefit um, to focus on more um, the people who need face-to-face -face care. That's absolutely fantastic, thank you.